Welcome to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jason Miller. My guests today are Laura Stanton, the Assistant Commissioner for the Office of Information Technology Category in GSA's Federal Acquisition Service. Laura, always great to have you on the program. Thank you, Jason. Excited to be here with you today. We're also joined by Kyle Todd, the Program Manager for the Commercial Platforms Initiatives at GSA. Kyle, thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks, Jason. Excited to be here. We're going to start off the the discussion today about the e-commerce marketplace initiative. This has gotten a lot of attention maybe about a year ago, and then it's kind of been very quiet, uh, and and, and maybe that's a good thing. But I want to start by asking just for an update on the latest progress around it. This is, as a reminder, three awards made uh, June of 2020 to create this platform to buy commercial goods and and products under the micro-purchase threshold. I don't want to steal too much of what Laura is going to say, but Laura, maybe start us off with that. Where are we today with the e-commerce marketplace initiative. Last June 2020, we made the awards to Overstock, um, Fisher Scientific, and Amazon Business. And we launched the program with sort of our first tranche of agencies in August of 2020. So one of the reasons that it's been fairly quiet, Jason, has really been that we've been focused on getting the program up and running. And I am, and Kyle is, we're both very excited about how the program's going and the strong interest that we're seeing from the agencies across the board, particularly in the last few months. We have 13 agencies to date, and we are adding new agencies to the program with approximately five more in the September-October timeframe. So really excited to see the new entrants. We've been seeing an increase in the number of purchase card holders who have been getting registered on these platforms. And uh, as of July of 2021, we had $6 million in sales across the three platforms. The 13 agencies are already using it in the five or that are being added. Can you just give me a sense, large, small, medium, or do they, do they uh, across the gamut? Across the gamut, we are currently onboarding DHS, uh, USDA, as well as some smaller agencies like Farm Service Credit Insurance, GAO, Office of Government-Wide Ethics, Small Business Administration. So really, one of the things we're excited to see is the agencies raising their hand and saying, we want to participate. And that has been, as I said, across the board from the large agencies. We have VA on board as well to some of the smaller agencies. So the agencies are seeing benefits at all levels. You mentioned $6 million in sales so far. It seems like a, not a whole lot. I mean, given that GSA estimated this being a $6 billion market, but I imagine that there's some ramp up time, as you said, getting this, the platforms going. When really did agencies really start to understand and take advantage of the platforms? Well, it takes a little bit to get the agencies on board, get the purchase card holders trained, accounts registered, all of the process it takes to start a new program. But that said, one of the reasons I am excited about this is because we're seeing agencies raise their hand to participate. So we've, as we're getting those agencies up and running, the last couple of months, we've seen about 75% of that growth. And so we anticipate that that's going to continue. I did want to touch on sort of your point about the $6 billion market. I think that when we started this, there were, you know, four, almost four years ago now, there was even talk about a $50 billion market. And what we've realized as we've gone deeper and deeper and learned over the last several years is that potential $6 billion market is all of the addressable product market under the micro-purchase threshold. And what we've also seen, though, is the online channels 
that are only online is about 500 million. So, and that's been a great increase from even what we saw in FY14 from 135 million. So just, just to put it in context, we're really looking at about a $500 million market for the online only channels. And Kyle, I don't know if you have anything that you want to add to that. I would also add that I think one of the, one of the exciting things since launch is that we have implemented a pretty robust customer experience framework. And so we've been getting quite a bit of feedback just over the last year since implementation. And so just some, just some like top levels, you know, lessons learned over, over the last year. Certainly from a buyer standpoint, we've learned that cardholders want to buy through this channel. They certainly see it as a managed online channel. Uh, they like that it's you know, a modern user interface. They like the competitive prices, the quick delivery times. They also know when they're going get, to get their stuff. So I think you know, from a buyer standpoint, we're certainly hearing that feedback. When you move up the chain, think about agency executives, they're certainly finding the value in, in GSA managing the contract. So we, we've really taken a whole of government sort of standardized approach helping to really guide buyers uh, as it relates to things like mandatory source compliance, supply chain risk management, uh, giving a better spend data visibility, and really just ensuring that the platforms are kept in the loop and up to date on agency and just administration priorities. So I think this customer experience framework, we've, we've learned quite a bit from it. And I think it's starting to identify some really important uh, agency buying trends and sort of features and benefits that, that they need when they're buying in this space. And I think one of the lessons learned over the last year is that we really need to use that CX feedback to, to inform where the program goes next. Laura, I want to go back to one thing because I want to get into what Kyle mentioned about the data, the spending visibility. But I want to go to one thing just to clarify a little bit. So from online only channels, meaning agency X purchase holder, John, Mary, Bill, whoever goes to platform Y and buys it. That's what you're talking about for online only, meaning what's the difference between the online only and this other, the bigger micro purchase threshold market? The bigger micro purchase threshold could be somebody walking into a brick and mortar store and placing the orders there versus just buying online. And so that's the differentiator that I'm getting into when I say that when we're going through the data, we're looking really to see how much is being purchased online. And so it's possible to segregate out what's being bought from a .com and being, and we're looking at something that's an online channel is really about 500 million. There could be other spend in that 6 billion market that's being purchased online from a supplier that has both bricks and mortar and online channels. And it would be we just wouldn't be able to differentiate that. And you're going to run into that problem, obviously, with one of the clients, Amazon, is Amazon Fresh starts up, they own Whole Foods, and maybe there's not much food being bought per se, but are you worried that there are the idea that people are, the, the agencies are actually going into a store versus mostly buying online, but just happens to also be buying from a, a store that has a brick and mortar too? Like it's, that, that market is still that market because they're buying it. Like, uh, like I'm having trouble understanding how that number dropped from 6 billion to 500 million. With our program, we're going to have the fidelity of the data so that we can tell whether it's an, if there was an in-store versus, you know, a, a buy online, maybe pick up in-store type situation. I think at least as of right now, obviously our three providers, Amazon Business, Overstock Government, and Fisher Sci, um, you know, they're, they're mainly and predominantly online platforms. So, so we, you know, we know that those are, those are online 
And I would say just particularly with over the last 18 months with COVID response and such, we're just seeing a, a huge amount of traffic being pushed to to online channels. So I think at least for now, that's a pretty safe spot for us. And we're, we're really uh, sort of learning a lot about this this environment as it, as it relates today. Kyle, talk a little bit about that data piece. I think one of the big benefits that GSA highlighted in your recent report to Congress from earlier in the summer, as well as from the beginning of this program, was giving agencies more data, understanding the data, who's buying it, how they're buying it, where they're buying it from. What have you started to see? What are some of the, the ways agencies are kind of learning about those of their purchasing habits? We're certainly looking at any number of, of data points. You know, first and foremost, we're getting the usual, like what's being bought, the categories, average order size. You know, we're seeing that type of, call it like quantitative metrics about what's being purchased. But we're also able to take it one step further. further. So we're looking at things like, uh, you look at the administration priorities, things like the amount being spent on the COVID response. Uh, we're pushing forward capabilities and, and data around, you know, how much is being spent on green purchasing or how much is being spent on uh, underserved communities, support for small business, so, those sort of things. So those, you know, the administration priorities are certainly uh, top of mind for us. But we're also, I mentioned the user experience or the customer experience framework we have in place. We're looking at things like customer satisfaction. We're looking at how much time savings are users experiencing because, you know, most purchase card holders, that's a new, another duty as a sign for them. So getting them in and out of the platforms as quickly as possible and back to like their, their regular job, their usual job, their mission oriented job is critically important. So I think we're, we're looking at any number of data points. And I think the value is because we bring it all together in a single place, they're seeing it not just one platform, they're seeing it across the entire program. One of the things that when you look through the report to Congress that you all, the GSA sent, talk about metrics and adding some of the diversity, equity, inclusion, or green purchasing metrics to the way you measure the, the impact of this, of this initiative. Can you walk me through some of those metrics that are telling you that these pilots are ready to maybe potentially move to, from, from pilot to permanent? Obviously, the priorities of the administration, COVID response and green purchasing and small business and, and those sort of things, those are ones that you know, we're, we're currently having those conversations with the platforms right now to say, what do you have with respect to these various features. Some of them are, hey, we can, you know, when you're in the search process, you can filter for these items. I think our interest is how can we promote the purchase of these types of items? And so making them easy to find, making them, you know, so that you can report on them each month. Those are the areas so that at the, at the end of the day, uh, an agency admin can log into our data, uh, you know, our metrics portal. They can say, ah, yeah, we're spending X dollars in support of the COVID response, or we've done this much in support of green procurement. I think that's the, that's the end state that we're aiming for. Kyle, Laura, let's take a quick break. My guests today are Laura Stanton, the Assistant Commissioner for the Office of Information Technology Category in GSA's Federal Acquisition Service, and Kyle Todd, the Program Manager for the Commercial Platforms Initiative at GSA. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guests today are Laura Stanton, the Assistant Commissioner for the Office of Information Technology Category in GSA's Federal Acquisition Service, and Kyle Todd, the Program Manager for the Commercial Platforms Initiative at GSA. 
I want to shift over to, I mentioned the report to Congress several times. Let me shift over there for a second. One of the things that GSA highlighted in that report is that there was a decision not to test the other two options under the e-commerce portal effort. There's a perception that maybe that was a predetermined decision to do that versus a a serious look at this idea of, okay, could we do the e-platform or the e-procurement ideas? Walk me through a little bit about that decision process, how you went about looking into the costs, the estimates, the data. How did you end up in that decision that this current approach is the only approach you plan to test? Just want to sort of walk you through the thought process there, Jason, a bit. And we started with what are the agencies already doing and what's going to be the most valuable to them? We know that in order for a program to be effective, the agencies need to want to use it. And the best thing was to really look at what they're doing. And we had already seen that increased use of the e-marketplace platforms that we, and we had been tracking the business growth in that, the agency requirements. We spent a lot of time also talking to the agencies about their pain points and really determined that the e-marketplace would be the fastest and the most impactful approach for the proof of concept. As we talk about going forward, I would say that we're looking, you're hearing that we're already scaling the program and we're now being driven by the customer feedback as we look at what comes next. Kyle's talked about the customer framework um, and the customer experience and that customer experience really needs to be the driver of what we design. The last thing that we want to do is to build a program and take the build it and they will come approach. And so what we're doing is we're understanding through the data that we're gathering, through the customer surveys, through the buying data, we're understanding what's the drivers for the agencies. And that's going to enable us to really look at how do we go forward regardless of what the actual model is versus testing models that might not have a lot of value to the customer agencies that are using this program. And sort of building on that, Jason, I would add that, you know, the the feedback that we're getting is not specific to any, uh, you know, specific business model that we identified. And and, and it's probably worth noting that that those those business models were something that we had put together just as part of our market research to sort of organize our thinking around the market. They were never really intended to be the way that we we manage this um, sort of in an operational state. Um, but it was a quick and easy way at least to get something out there at the request of agencies. But you know, the, the feedback that we are getting has been very positive. And I think the, the net of all of that is that we're hearing from buyers like, hey, when I'm buying in this space, I'm looking for, hey, how can I easily get my users onboarded? How can I get access to broad catalogs? Um, how can I get competitive pricing, you know, quick delivery times? They're highlighting features that are applicable to the entire buying environment and not just a specific model. And I think at the end of the day, we've, we've seen just in the last year, dissatisfaction of, of 9.2 out of 10, for instance, from a customer satisfaction standpoint. So it's resonating with buyers and with agencies. And I think they're, they're really starting to see the value of this. And I would just add, as we're going forward, we're really working closely with those customer agencies to discuss what the future acquisitions for a managed channel look like. And to Kyle's point, that is regardless of the models that we use to understand the original marketplace, because we had to start somewhere. This is really looking at all attributes, regardless of what model they might've fallen into. So let me play a little devil's advocate for you both here. One of the things is, 
you're giving agencies and buyers a portal to use, right? You don't, they're not, you're not giving them anything else. This is the one you'll use. And if they're saying, well, if this is what's in front of me versus no offense, GSA advantage, which people have, as you, Laura, probably well knows people have had some challenges with, they're always going to say this new one is probably better because it's new. It's the latest technology. But if you're not giving them a choice to say e, e procurement, e-marketplace or, or um, e-commerce, you're only giving them one, that one is always going to be better than what's old, right? New is always better than old. I realize that I'm, I'm, I'm simplifying it a little bit because if it's, if it's crappy, if it doesn't work well, if people are frustrated by it, they still won't use it. However, it's not an Amazon, Fisher Scientific or Overstock's best interest to provide not a good model. So I think not providing the three options and only doing one option. Again, I think that's where some in industry go back to saying this was already predetermined. So first of all, let me start out by saying I'm shocked that you would play devil's advocate, Jason. However, regardless of that, I'm, I'm not sure I would agree the, on sort of the premise that you're starting with, which is one of the things that we've done is we've gone through the change management and the user's train, user training is we've very much targeted this to being the open market micro-purchase spend. And that that's been the message that for if your agency already has directed you to use specific channels, be it GSA Advantage or whatever channel they're directing for the Ability One purchases or other, other channels that the agency might have preference for and be mandating, those buyers have been told to continue to use those channels and only do this if, if you're looking at doing an open market. So that is, so that's sort of step one, is that this is only intended to be to cap, to provide a managed channel under open market. And I think that growing a new program, it's much easier to keep momentum going for something that already exists versus trying to do the education and the buyer onboarding and the account management and everything that we've been doing over the past year. There's definitely a hurdle that an agency has to do in order to choose this. But what we had learned is that the agencies were already going in this direction. So this is why really looking at what's being, seeing what's being purchased and looking at how to expand that in the, in the next iteration of the program really becomes critical that the agencies continue to find value in it. Because we know that the agent, we're not mandating, this is not a mandated program. The agencies can choose to use this or continue however they're, they're acquiring those open market purchases today. One of the things about the report to Congress I'd like to kind of also go into is the, the cost issues. I think GSA found in, in both options, the cost to go through the other two options were, were just overwhelming. Something in effect of 30 to 40 to almost $50 million per option compared to this current marketplace model, which was under 10 million, if I remember correctly, or maybe even lower than that, maybe under 5 million. Can you walk me through a little bit about that, how you all went through that cost estimate? Give me an understanding of, of how you came to those conclusions. You know, obviously Congress asked us to, to put together this, this cost estimate on the three models. Um, and these were the models that, that we identified during our market research. And so when we, when we put those together, we, we tried to look at them across a common set of what we call cost drivers. So we looked at the acquisition costs, you know, the cost to bring those types of providers aboard, as well as to manage them uh, on an ongoing basis. We looked at configuration costs. We looked at uh, subscription costs. 
We looked at the change management and training costs, as well as the data management costs. And we tried to use costs for our current approach as a basis for, for estimating the cost for the other two models. And so uh, when we looked at it, we certainly found that the current e-marketplace model that we're implementing today is by far the, the uh, most cost efficient and quickest way to get something out there, which is why we, we started there. And again, I think because we're using the, the feedback and the customer experience model that we have in place, those features are really helping to inform like where, where we need to focus our efforts on future contracts. And so I think, you know, as Laura mentioned, we're not going to limit who participates in future iterations. And I think we welcome the ability to sort of further agencies, you know, needs and requirements um, in this space while also, you know, asking some of those providers to meet some minimum basic requirements. I guess the, the question comes back around to, was there any discussion about just testing it on a very small scale, doing a beta version of it, uh, looking at it in some way to open it up to one agency with one vendor just to test it out? Like very similar to how we got to this initial e-marketplace is Congress saw the Air Force going to Amazon and, and using the purchase card to Amazon and, and then people in DOD saying, look how easy that is. We want this to be easy for everyone. Was there any thought about just a, a very small scale test, again, beta effort for the other platforms? I should be clear. Well, what we really looked at is that the e-commerce agencies can already go out and do that today. They can go out to the e-commerce sites and, and, and buy directly. And we also really looked at what would be valuable and efficient for the government. And so what we came down to is that we were looking for what's going to add the greatest value by bringing this program forward. And so we were continuing to do that. And now that we have a sense of where that value is, now we can incorporate all of the approaches as we go forward. I I really just want to touch back on what Kyle said earlier, which is, we created these e-marketplace, e-commerce, and e-procurement definitions for, to frame out the market in a way that made sense to us when we were going through market research. These aren't definitions that are necessarily industry definitions or something that's used outside of the reports. So I feel that we've spent a lot of time talking about these models, and I'm not sure that that's sort of but that's really how we want to continue the discussion going forward. Kyle, Laura, let's take a quick break. My guests today are Laura Stanton, the Assistant Commissioner for the Office of Information Technology Category in GSA's Federal Acquisition Service, and Kyle Todd, the Program Manager for the Commercial Platforms Initiative at GSA. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guests today are Laura Stanton, the Assistant Commissioner for the Office of Information Technology Category in GSA's Federal Acquisition Service, and Kyle Todd, the Program Manager for the Commercial Platforms Initiative at GSA. The vision of of this, uh, you want to make this a permanent, go from pilot to permanent. Is there any concern that this is having an impact on the schedules? Because in, in many ways, the schedules program is already providing easy access, commercial products, uh, I think, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Laura and, and Kyle, you can use your purchase card through the schedules program uh, to buy what you need. Um, is there a worry that, that, that you're just creating a second, not complementary, but really something that's in conflict, if you will, a second thing that's conflicting with the schedules? Because you can 
already do these things through the schedules program, unless if I'm wrong about that purchase card piece. You can use your purchase card on the schedules program, Jason. You're absolutely right. And the, uh, as I said earlier, we're really looking at this being in the, in the case when an agency has decided that an open market purchase card spend is the right answer to their requirement. That's where we're looking for the, for the commercial platforms program to say, look at, come to us if that's, if that's the decision that you've already made. We're in the first phase of the program. I think the insights from, that we're getting that, that Kyle's referenced and all of that data is going to be continue to be a data point as we go forward and as we can look at the product strategy under the larger FAST pro, uh, Federal Marketplace Initiative and looking at how that, that makes it easier for both the buyers and the sellers as they're using GSA solutions. And one quick clarification, it sounded like, and, and Kyle, maybe you can help me out on this. It sounded like you all said that the current approach is today's approach, but potentially there could be other providers who maybe have an e-commerce platform, other providers who do e-marketplace type of initiatives that could be folded into, maybe that's not the, the best word, but you're open to seeing other other providers taking part in, as this goes from pilot to, to permanent. Did, did I understand that correctly? Yeah, I mean, we, we want to better, we want to use the customer experience framework to identify what are the features, capabilities that are most important to agency buyers um, and in, in future iterations of the program or in contracts, make those, you know, make those sort of the hallmark as well as, you know, what are the minimum basic requirements, things like SCRIM and, you know, mandatory source compliance, you know, ability to share data, that sort of thing. So that's how we're going to think about uh, sort of the future of the program. But if, but if I'm a, just again, I'm sorry, I have to keep going back to this. If I'm a vendor who maybe didn't meet the, the requirements under this first pilot piece, right? Not that I bid and I lost, but I just didn't feel like I could. You're opening the door for them potentially again, no, no decisions been made. I get that to say, okay, we would let company X who does more e-commerce platform to include themselves if they meet certain requirements, certain, certain rules and, and ideas. Correct. We want to think beyond the models, which were just a way to organize our market research. As I mentioned, we're just about out of time, but I just wanted to give you that up. What's the message to agencies about the Z Marketplace initiative? What should they know? What should they keep in mind as they continue to use it, as they start using it, as GSA continues to grow it? The big thing is, Jason, and we've been, we've been touching on it all along, has been just, we're really pleased to see the adoption of the program, the growth that we're seeing. And we're really using this as it was intended in the proof of concept to learn and then drive forward and work on what's going to be the best to help the agencies complete their missions. That's the bottom line here is um, really looking at how agencies can reduce the friction in the acquisition process for those micro purchase purchases and get to what they need and get back to delivering services to the American public. Very nice. I'm sure there's a lot more to talk about. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. Let me thank my guests. Laura Stanton is the Assistant Commissioner for the Office of Information Technology Category in GSA's Federal Acquisition Service. Laura, I always appreciate your time and, and, and your help here. Thank you so much, Jason. It was a pleasure to be here. And Kyle Todd is the Program Manager for the Commercial Platforms Initiatives at GSA. Kyle, thanks as well. Thanks so much for taking the time today. Thanks, Jason. We have to take a break. When we come back, we shift our focus to category management. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. 
For this segment of the show, I play an excerpt of a recent event GSA hosted on category management. First, we hear from Leslie Field, the Deputy Administrator in the Office of Federal Procurement Policy. Then you'll hear from Bounce Corey, the Professional Services Category Supplier Relationship Manager for GSA's Federal Acquisition Service. Today's semi-annual Category Management Industry Day is focused on sharing what's new in FY 2022. And with the change of administration and all the great work underway in category management, we thought it was a terrific time to share. Before I dive into the administration's policy priorities, I did want to share how the government is doing relative to our category management goals. And while our books won't close for FY21 for a few more months, we have already seen great successes in category management. Specifically, $180 billion in spend is under management, and $56 billion in savings have been realized, which exceeds the FY21 target by a billion dollars. Also, very importantly, we are 99.1% to our goal of 30% of category management spend going to small businesses. And in addition, we have trained over 15,000 individuals this past year. As we look to FY22, agencies are putting together their category management plans, which are due to OMB in November. And these plans will bring 70% of spend under management, increased spend on best-in-class solutions by 1% or 11.5% of total spend, resulting in a cumulative cost avoidance of $65 billion, an increase of $10 billion over last year. So that's a lot of savings. We are retiring our Tier 0 contract reduction and piloting a new KPI focused on measuring true contract reduction and expanding our reach to small businesses and new entrants. We want to remove obstacles for agencies to reach small businesses and to support the achievement of their small business goals. In addition to the agency plans, the 10 category managers are developing category strategies, ways to advance small business participation, increase our spend under management, uh, increase our best-in-class participation and savings, and improve our demand management efforts and supplier relationships. Now I want to pivot to the administration's acquisition priorities. President Biden is very focused on the opportunities that leveraging our system can bring to the country, and we are looking at acquisition as a catalyst to support and further these priorities, such as promoting equitable opportunity, building domestic markets and capabilities, driving innovative solutions to protect our planet, and otherwise using the engine that is our acquisition system to meet important policy objectives. Specifically, there have been several key executive actions in this space that are shaping the implementation of category management moving forward. Specifically, Executive Order 14005 on ensuring the future is made in all of America by all of America's workers will strengthen domestic sourcing requirements in order to build American jobs and manufacturing capacity. Specifically, it stands up a Made in America office in OMB to review waivers and lay the foundation for building more domestic capabilities. These waivers will be more transparent and yield important market data and information. We are also looking to increase domestic content requirements. And the critical takeaway here is that we are looking to our category managers and our other partners to help find and build these strategic markers. Markets. Please visit www.madeinamerica.gov for more information. Executive Order 13985, Advancing Racial Equity and Support for Underserved Communities Through the Federal Government, seeks to identify and correct for racial inequities throughout government programs, assistance, and acquisition, a wide range of areas, and this will require extensive and important work at the agencies. 
For the acquisition community, we will be asked to look at our acquisition planning process, our market research practices, our communication channels, our bidder and non-bidder data, performance measures, et cetera. So there's lots of work here to be sure we are building business diversity and resilience. And if we spend a moment on that, we want to make sure that we're looking carefully at our business partners and looking for ways to attract new entrants and to be sure that the work that they are doing is successful. And this aligns very well with President Biden's Memorial Day announcement of a goal to use the government's purchasing power to drive an additional $100 billion to small disadvantaged business owners by raising the goal to 15% in 2025. And this also syncs with OMB's earlier memo on increasing work with the Ability One program to improve employment for persons with disabilities, and we're exploring other options there. The executive order on tackling the climate crisis at home and abroad will require agencies to examine their practices and submit plans for tackling this crisis. Our team will be working with the acquisition community and the sustainability experts to build initiatives, requirements, and other resources to build sustainability into our actions, like buying electric vehicles for our fleet to ensure that we are doing business with responsible partners. And of course, our recent work to implement 14042, ensuring our COVID protocols for federal contractors are similar to those for federal employees is critically important to helping us get out of the pandemic safely. Now you hear from Balance Quarry, the professional services category supplier relationship manager in GSA's Federal Acquisition Service. Today, I want to explain and talk about how our federal marketplace strategy is simply another facet of our acquisition strategies here at GSA. And it is designed to create a seamless people-centric buying and selling experience that would include you as a supplier. The FMP strategy is GSA's plan to modernize and simplify the buying and selling experience for our customers, our suppliers, and our acquisition professionals. GSA wants to ensure that the FMP experience of tomorrow is even better than it is today. The FMP strategy connects and coordinates over 20 projects that deliver improvements to how GSA customers acquire products, services, and solutions that meet their mission's needs. Through the FMP strategy, GSA lowers costs and increases access opportunities for our suppliers by reducing barriers to doing business with the government. GSA also creates guides and tools to help not only federal agencies, but state and local governments to help them obtain the materials and services from you that they urgently need during emergencies or disasters, as well as everyday purchases. These four particular projects that are listed on this slide were the initiation or beginning of what the FMP strategy is today. All four of these projects have had or are currently having an impact on you as a small business partner. We have our commercial platforms, which has allowed our purchase card holders in various government agencies test and use platforms to make their micro-purchases streamlined faster and easier. Mass consolidation, we have gone from our 24 original multiple award schedules down to one single solicitation, and that is still underway in our final phase or phase three. We have plenty of information on that coming to you through the rest of this presentation. Our contract acquisition lifecycle management system currently is for internal use for our contracting officers and contracting specialists, and you will begin to hear more about that as a contractor in the coming years.
And lastly, and most important, I believe, for our small businesses and our industry partners is our common catalog platform and our authoritative catalog repository. This sits under our catalog management project, project management office, and I'll be discussing a little bit more of that as we move along as well. What I wanted to make sure we hit upon today with you as small businesses is how important our supplier experience is. We know it's important to you. Obviously, it's really important to us. Um, our current projects are constantly underway, and a few of those were on the previous slide. We're looking at these things that we need to address, which are these four new areas of focus. They're not necessarily new. They're things that we've been doing in GSA for decades, but we're updating and changing how we are sharing information with you and how we are making sure that acquisition is streamlined, more efficient, and easier. First up, we have market research and planning, or what we're calling our buyer experience. GSA provides many online tools and resources to help with acquisition, yet user feedback indicates the experience can be disjointed and confusing. Customers want one digital location where they can buy and vendors want one place to meet those customers' needs. We would like to improve our customer experience for buyers by rationalizing these digital tools. Second, we of course would love to focus on improving our supplier experience. And it's being made easier by multiple projects, but the one that I wanna to continue to remind you of today is under our catalog management PMO. And their goal here is to make it easier for suppliers to upload catalogs and information, as well as changes to their contract offerings. They also have the updated verified products portal, which helps vendors reference OEM data and it's managed centrally. And I'm gonna get into a little bit more of that shortly. Third, we have our products marketplace, which we have recently launched in FY21 and made updates to our commercial platforms, one of our original projects that I mentioned in the beginning, as well as GSA Advantage, which I'm sure many of you, if not all of you are familiar with. Um, this was kicked off around the fourth quarter of fiscal year 21. And this effort will be transforming GSA's online products marketplace by refining our product buying platforms. And last, we have our services marketplace, similar to products within this particular focus area. A community of practice was established internally in fiscal year 21 to standardize the service contracts, as well as the processes around how we are updating, managing, and creating our services related contracts. There will be much more to come related to that through the next five years. And then tied to all of this, of course, there's multiple areas of data and layers of data that we have to take into consideration here at GSA. As promised, I wanted to focus on catalog management and how they're improving our supplier experience. There's a lot of information here on this slide, so I would like to condense it a little bit and explain. Um, as I referenced previously, the catalog management program is here to help make catalog data easier to access and input for our suppliers. The goal here is to replace the schedules input program or SIP, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with, um, with our new updated common catalog platform or CCP in fiscal year 22. So we are there and we're working on it. First, we've made updates and changes via the verified products portal in fiscal year 21 or the VPP. And as you can see, there is more to come in FY22. Our long-term goal here is to have authoritative product data available to you, our contractors, suppliers, industry partners, and vendors, 
to help populate your catalogs and reduce the administrative burden associated with reporting product details. We do understand how challenging that can be, especially for our small business community. And we wanna make sure that these experiences you have in managing your GSA contract data and catalog file information is an equitable, equitable and accessible experience. So how do we and how do I promote, manage, and make sure all of these projects are represented to our stakeholders? Again, namely you today as our supplier and our small business partners. We do things in what we call releases, where we share information to you to let you know that we have updates with these projects, changes, forms for you to fill out, important information, things that may impact your contract, so on and so forth, as we go through that acquisition process. So we are here to help you. And I wanted to give a very short demo of what our information looks like on our pages. So I'm briefly going to show you our FMP or Federal Marketplace Strategy. This will all be linked and you will have access to these slides after the presentation. Um, on our main overview page, this explains essentially much of what I've already told you today um, and just tells you where we began and where we are currently. But what's most important to note is over here on the left are releases. And then second, I'm going to be showing you a form that you'll be able to access down here under how can I help. Join the FMP strategy. We are changing this from community of practice, it's not updated currently, to our FMP strategist network. And that includes our industry partners. This is not limited just to government employees, um, internal or external. This is for all of our stakeholders that are impacted. But the big takeaway I want you to have besides joining our community, because we wanna hear from you, is making sure that you access our releases and read this information. Bookmark these pages so you can stay up to date on all of the great things that GSA is working on that is going to help you as a supplier. We have the journey mapping listed here that shows cradle to grave acquisition, what we know happens from the start and how this impacts you as a supplier versus how it impacts our customer. Everything that you do and everything that you offer has an impact on our customer and it has an impact on GSA as far as how you're managing your contract. Again, we are here to help you as small businesses. We understand that at times it can be a challenge if you do not have many employees or any employees on your staff. So please continue to utilize what GSA offers and please continue to reach out to us. That's all the time we have for today. You just heard an excerpt of a recent event GSA hosted on category management. You just heard from Bounce Quarry, the professional services category supplier relationship manager for GSA's federal acquisition service. And before her, you heard from Leslie Field, the deputy administrator in the Office of Federal Procurement Policy. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to Ask the CIO on Federal News Network. You've been listening to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 10 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.